On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Guys, 2022's been a roller coaster year, so spoil her this Christmas by giving her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all with soft, silky, naturally nude pajamas exclusively from Pajamagram. Sensuous and smooth, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her own bare skin, even more alluring than lingerie. The texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. She'll love the feeling of wearing next to nothing at all, and you'll love the way they look. Best of all, Pajamagram does the wrapping for you with free gift packaging. Order today and Pajamagram will also include a free matching naturally nude nightie with the purchase of naturally nude pajamas. That is free gift packaging and a free naturally nude nightie when you order today. Just go to Pajamagram.com. It's fast, easy, and delivery by Christmas is guaranteed. That's Pajamagram.com. Alrighty, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to episode nine of the Mile High Pundit podcast. Uh, coming in here talking about the uh, recent stuff going on with the Avs, their loss to Vegas in the overtime thriller of a game. Uh, I go ahead and bring on my co-host here, Jared Shuck. Jared, how you doing tonight? How, what'd you think about the game? You know, I was at work most of the day, so I've, I've been quickly catching up on these highlights because I knew we had to do this tonight. And because I texted you, I was like, we, we have to talk about this now because I was so sick of the ass fans on Twitter, oh, quote unquote fans on Twitter, just going off about oh how the refs jobbed us. If you watched this game, and I'm a diehard ass fan, I, I love nothing. I bleed nothing but burgundy and blue. If you actually watch this game, nobody jobbed anybody here. Simple as that. And the, and. I, I remember I texted you. I said, this is ridiculous. We need, and I don't think I said to you, we need to record tonight. I think I posted on Twitter that, hey, we're recording tonight. I don't think I texted you. No, you did not. You... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was ready for it, though. Uh, I, I was on my couch after just a half day of work uh, from, from what I was doing, and I was watching, was getting ready to watch the Avs game anyway, and, and when you tagged me in that, I was like, all right, let's go. Like, And, and I, I, I felt you 100%. Uh, some of the people on just just some of the stuff that I was seeing too, especially the thread off the main account. So many people just, uh, you know, it's the classic skateboat trash the refs. Um, I, I'm not a fan of that. You know, you do have to own up to your mistakes. The abs aren't a perfect team, as everyone knows. So uh, we're going to get into it here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all of our takes raw unfiltered the whole nine yards for I, episode I, nine I, I wouldn't say unfiltered because we definitely have a filter 
but we do have a fil- you know, filter <laughs> set for us by, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to like curse and stuff like that, but you guys know what I mean. It's, it's going to be honest and it's going to be uh, uh, what we both think here. So we don't pull any punches. If you haven't realized that by this episode nine, then we don't pull punches. I mean, we, we say it how it is. We say what we think, how we feel. Like I just said, I don't, I don't agree with 90% of the abs fans out there who are complaining on Twitter today. Get over it. It's one game. Are they out of the playoffs? We could be just like Edmonton instead. I don't yeah, want that. And let's just go with a massive uh, Joel psychic win on that prediction. Yeah. Blackhawks in four games over Edmonton. I mean, that that's that's something that was honestly something storybook, but it's honestly also kind of scary because now Edmonton's in the drawing for Lafreniere, and it's kind of scary to think about him pairing up with McDavid and Dreisaitl so I I said it in the intro to the episode that got posted today because I'm an idiot and screwed it up that I can pretty much just take all of my picks pretty much and just tear them up and throw them away from the (laughs) west I was two of four in the west that's it you got the Nashville series right I did I got Nashville and I got Vancouver right which is okay fine fair enough and but I was like, and then in the East, I <laughs> didn't get Montreal right. That's for sure. I don't think either of us did. No, I didn't have the Canadians moving on either. I thought the Pens were going to wrap that up. Yeah, That's I, just so scary having the Pens in that Lafreniere uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the Hurricanes, so kudos, I guess. I, yeah, I think I, both of us had the Canes, yeah. I, I didn't have the Islanders, and go figure, and they do that. Go me. Isles! Let's go! Damn I it. think I had the Island. I had the Islanders and Hawks on you, I think. Yeah, and then Columbus, that game gets settled tomorrow because they decided to blow a three-goal lead because, you know, reasons. So, but Classic, classic Columbus. I, I will say I was right with Philly being the number one seed coming out of the East. I, I will hold that one very high. So, but we'll go over that. Were. We'll go over that next time. Yes, sir, that we will. Um, so, so yeah, just kind of getting into the game. I mean, generally, just from what I saw, round robin play was great for the Avs. I mean, Vegas ended up 3-0. and They beat every single team from the Blues to the Avs to the Stars. The Avs looked strong against the Stars, especially. And the Blues. They, I think they played their best hockey against the Blues, actually. And for this Vegas game, it's like, I don't know, I don't want to trash the team. I, I think they they played well, but it was just a different style of a game, in my opinion. It, it's Peter DeBoer hockey. That's what it is. That's what, that's what you saw today was Peter DeBoer hockey. And what, what Peter DeBoer likes to do is just what Barry Trotz likes to do. He likes to slow it down, and he likes to trap guys up. Wow. Now, granted, you wouldn't think of that by the combined 61 shots we had in this game in 60 minutes. It's a shot a minute if, for quick math guy over here. Um, so, I mean, that's just that's not that style of a Peter DeBoer game by any stretch of the imagination. But it was a physical, gritty, there was so much intensity, so much emotion, and at times it got the better of Colorado, and Vegas really limited their mistakes when they had to, and when they didn't, Colorado couldn't capitalize. There was a 5-on-3 in the first period. Why aren't we scoring on that? Colorado has probably the best 5-on-3 offense in the league. Why aren't they scoring? That 5-on-3 was... 
was kind of when I got the game up and going from my end, uh, just get, getting back from work here. Uh, and seeing that, I was like, oh, perfect. You know, we have we have a five on three. Like, here we go. And Nico shot when, when Leonard gloved it. I was like, okay, we're going to be in for, you know, Leonard is on tonight. That was the other thing. Leonard was on as far as saves go. I mean, he really kept the Knights in it because the Avs did outshoot Vegas. Mind you, they did not out hit Vegas. Faceoffs were about 50 50, uh, 31 to 29 in favor of Vegas. But the Avs did outshoot them by about 10. I think it was the, the officials 35 to 26. But Leonard nabbed 32 saves off that. So the Avs were putting them on that. But. <laughs> It was all just low, low percentage shots, in my opinion, you know, all off the pad, glove, glove saves, you know. Rube, on the other hand, with 22 saves, and then he did have the, the penalty shot goal um, against him uh, via Marsh Assault. You're getting closer hey, with Jerry. the names. You're getting really closer with the names. But, 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 but you're, <laughs> thank you. Um, but, but, but you're right with, with that power play, that, that five on three, especially the Avs did have a 16.7% power play percentage for the evening. And I mean, I, I'm not going to be too big on, you know, reading into, you know, how, how the power play did in one game, because I, I want to say against Dallas, they weren't that bad. I, I, I don't think they were at least, um, but there's, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of the right thing to say here, and I, I'm still just honestly at a loss for words. I I don't know what it is that the Avs need to do to 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 really just iron this out because it it just seems like any time that the Avs get in this like a little lull of of play and this was this is what it was tonight. It was a lull. Like they just they they weren't there. They weren't really that active on in the game tonight. It didn't it didn't seem like and I mean yeah they turned it on when they needed to but I mean why do you need to turn it on only when you need to? It should be on from from the second that puck drops and to have what ten minutes and two seconds of power play time and to get one goal uh, that's unacceptable in my opinion. It is. Yeah, and just kind of playing off that lull comment that you have, the the initial stats that I sent out, the Avs did outshoot Vegas, but that was when the Avs were uh, were, were sending their rushes. You know, throughout the duration of the game, I mean, first period besides that five on three, it did have kind of a slower feel to it. Um, I mean, the Avs did have 10 shots, but they were, like I said, low percentage shots. Um, the second period wasn't really until the second period until where things started kicking off, where um, you had the power play goal almost immediately, you know, because, because of McKinnon's unsportsmanlike minor. Um, basically lipped off, and, and I love McKinnon. I love him as a player, and he's just that guy where, where you chalk up to that as being a general attribute to him, that, that lip, that talking back to the ref, when, especially when, uh, you, you know, it's such a big penalty like that in the second, in the 0-0 game for first place. 
McKinnon's the guy that's going to get upset about that. He's going to let the ref know his side of things too, because he is generally respected in the league. You have to think that too. So him saying that, and Bednar even said it himself after the game, I'm not mad at McKinnon for taking that penalty. It's unfortunate, but I am not mad at him for taking that penalty. And, and, and I understand why, yes, does Chris Rooney need to have probably a little bit tougher skin? Probably, but we don't know what was said. It could have been that exact same word that gets batters thrown out of games while standing at home plate. It it could have been that exact same word, but I mean, here's my biggest gripe with this on on that power play goal that Marcia so deflects in from a, a Shea Theodore shot. Ryan Graves does a horrible job of staying goal side position on Jonathan Marcheseau in front of the net. He lets him get inside position and get goal side, which allows him to tip that puck. If Graves is inside position on him, chances are that puck is still going wide or Gruby's catching that with the, with the glove. But he doesn't, he doesn't clear him out. It's just like a box out in basketball. Why are you not goal side of the guy, especially when you're on a five on four? I, I don't understand it. Yeah, especially with a guy like Graves, too, who's playing so well against Dallas and especially against the Blues, from what I saw. Marcia saw, too, he, 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 you know, he was a force all night for the Avs. He was a thorn in the side because he also had a second goal um, later on. But McKinnon taking that penalty, it, it didn't help the Avs, and it, it allowed Vegas to go up 1-0. And if anything, it kind of lit a fire under the Avs belly because right after that, guess who scored to tie it up? The D-O-double-G, Nate Dog. Yeah, it comes out of the box like an OG. Next play, I think. Uh, I believe it was Reeves that got the penalty and McKinnon goes in and... Yeah, basically leads a power play unit, and, and that's a beautiful shot. Probably the best look of the game for the Avs, honestly, because there were a lot of ugly goals in this game. There were some really ugly goals. The the next goal that Vegas scores, which we'll top up and touch on in a second. I, I mean, the puck never left the offensive zone during this power yeah. play sequence, which is phenomenal. That's a that's an absolutely brilliant job by that entire unit. My biggest issue is that they didn't get truly set up where you got McKinnon on the left, um, Rance on the right, Kadri in the middle, Landy net front, and Makar up high. They didn't get that set up until 45 seconds left in the power play. So you're playing a minute and 15 seconds with guys kind of everywhere. I mean, you still have, obviously, Makar up high, and, and I think you had Randon on the side, so they were still a little bit set up, but McKinnon's not on his shooting area. He's sitting in the middle. What, that's not doing him any good. He, he, he never operates from right there, so it's not going to do him any good. But what, what happened that was brilliant was Makar taking that one-timer, which he's been working on, as you can tell. I mean, that thing was hammered. And it went oh, yeah. off the crossbar and went straight up in the air, and I, everyone just like looking up like, wait, 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 where'd it go? And then that scramble and just the the ability to find the puck because Kadri originally got over to Miko and Miko just kind of fanned it and Miko's got to figure out his shot because right now his shot looks horrible. I mean it's just three straight games where he's 
uh, hit the post. He's, he's done. He's just done something. And it just uh, I don't. I don't understand it. You know, he's he's got robbed with the post a few times, but that'll come. That'll come just with rust, I think, and shaking that stuff off. He has been very effective with assists. Yeah, um, he's, he's still lethal in that category because he did have two more assists today. And, um, and and let's be clear, McKinnon was very fortunate to score this goal. It was very close oh, being stopped by Laner's paddle. It, it was, and that's just an. Uh, an a testament with for Leonard, he was on all night. And I, I got to say, just kind of from just a hockey fan's perspective in general, um, just uh, getting away from the abs just for a little bit, I am excited to see Leonard match up against the Hawks in did, that first series. Did you see what he tweeted? I didn't, but he, I'm sure he, it was something salty. He, he posted a gif of like, just like a dude going like, like kind of like moving his eyes left and right. And underneath it says, awkward... Yeah, and, and for our listeners who don't know, who aren't the biggest hockey fans, Leonard used to be the Chicago Blackhawks goalie this year. Um, the Avs did end up routing them one of the starts that he had against us. So the Avs, they've, they've beaten Leonard before, but just not with Vegas. And he played a stellar game tonight, and that showed. I mean, through and through, it was like Jared said, just a chippy. It definitely had that playoff-type vibe to it, you know, as far as in the power play, those shots being low-quality shots even, that's exactly the feel that, that you're looking for. And that was that was some good, good experience, I think, in a round robin to secure even the second seed and get a date with the Coyotes. Uh, I, and McKinnon, as far as McKinnon goes too, I, I do just want to touch on this as well. When he got that that penalty against him in the second, it's like he was awoken. Like there was like a different type energy about him the rest of the game. Because it's like you said, in the first, the abs were asleep. It's like they were in a lull. But, I mean, I don't know if you caught the back check that McKinnon threw in the second period. I mean... He had a great win in overtime too. Yeah, you had. Uh, it might have been Stone who was on him. So, someone was chasing him down the boards. McKinnon stops before he before he hits the boards, grabs the puck, dishes it back to to Rantanen or someone on the wing, and he throws his entire body into this guy and straight levels him. Guy hits the ground. McKinnon slides back into the boards. The the announcers were going crazy over it. They were just like just the strength of of this guy, and it it, it was something cool to see. You know that your star forward, who's heralded as this lightning quick guy who doesn't really like contact too much, you know he's powerful. He's got he, he he's got some weight to him, and and he can deliver the big hits when it comes down to it. And that's what you need from a guy like Nathan McKinnon in these big games. It's just tonight the one goal wasn't enough, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, it's good to see McKinnon get a goal finally because in those first two games where the Avs scored a combined what is it seven goals, none of them came from either McKinnon, Rantanen, or Landeskog. So true. Uh, again, that just goes to show how deep this team is, and it, it continued to show tonight. I mean, out of the three-headed monster of McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog, one of those three goals only comes from one of those guys. Everything else is by second, third-line guys. That's it. And yeah, I, I mean, you had guys like you know Burakovsky and Donskoy getting in on the on the stat sheet too tonight, which was great to see. Comfer getting in the stat sheet in a big way. 
actually ended up getting the third star for the game, which was great to see with a goal and an assist. But, but yeah, that second period is basically just Colorado trading uh, shots with 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 Vegas for the most part because Nathan McKinnon went right back and got that power play goal um, at 6.46 in the second, too. And then um, 12.55 in the second, Nicholas Watt, uh, you know, Nicholas Waugh scores, assisted by by Reeves and, and Shea again. And uh, with this, yeah, like you were saying, it just Groob was was kind of lazy. He was doing that that Groob sort of shuffle that that you see. And every this, now and then, the, the, this is gonna be a first hour podcast. I'm gonna preface that now and apologize now. It is the same old shit we're seeing with Grubauer that I talked about in the Minnesota exhibition game. He is oversliding. He is overcommitting. He was so far out of his cage, it's not even funny. He loves getting beat on wraparounds and that's what he got beat on tonight. He got beat on a wraparound on that second goal. And you can't blame the refs on that. Yes, there's a guy in the crease, but guess what? Our defenseman's holding him there. Zadorov put him there. I mean... And I don't care who it is. Get them out of the way. I don't care if it's your own guy. I don't care if it's a Vegas player. I don't care if it's the referee. Get them out of your way and get your butt back to the net. Because if he gets back to net and shoves that right pad on that post, Nieto doesn't push that puck in with his glove. It goes into Grubauer's pad, and we're still 1-1 moving on to the back half of the second period. It is just unbelievably frustrating to see as fans complain about that because it's not goal interference. It's not. Grubauer left left the blue paint. Zadorov pushed the Vegas player in, and then Grubauer made no attempt to try to get back to that post until like the very very end. I, I, this is just a. This is one of those things where I just. I, I can't stand it, from Avs fans, and it comes from just athletes in general too. Fans or not, you, you know that that's a thing that you always always kind of remember is don't knock the ref you know the refs will not determine the outcome of a game no matter what you will determine the outcome exactly you're exactly right and i mean anybody can go back and watch it i mean it it was so bad that spitting chicklets literally put out a a screenshot of grubauer standing outside the crease up on his two feet so he has a way to get back into the net he's not completely taken out of the play now the vegas guy's on top of him yes he's taken out of the play and yes it's goaltender interference because you're not letting him play his position simple as that and Zadorov's a guy that's going to go for that body anyways. You know, that's a guy that's in his zone. Zadorov's the kind of type of dude, one of the few types of dudes on the abs that's going to lay that guy out, you know. And with that, so you know that's coming. If you're group especially, you know that's coming because you've played with Zadorov for so long. It's it's like, why, why aren't you back there, man? He got beat the same way in the third when it mattered most again because Donskoy came up huge and was assisted by Confer and Burakovsky at 1451 in the second five on five uh five on five goal and it was good to see him good to see him get one it, it was great to see Donskoy get back in on the action but it was just that that response at 1451 immediately you know two minutes after because you know after Wa scored that's when you see that stat sheet accumulation of the shots that I'm talking about. The Avs had rushes on them and they had chances, but Leonard was just on. And the Donskoy bearing that to tie it up and going into the third 2-2, you know, you, you got to be all right. Like this is going to be just a classic finish again. Here we go. And and that play by Comfort to drive the net and try and wrap it on the backhand like he did set that entire play up and of course Don Squid being Johnny on the spot and then gets decked after but I mean 
he made a great play by by just even taking the puck in that. And Burkowski did a wonderful job chipping the puck in and then grinding it out and getting it out to to comfort. I mean, Burkowski is so underrated. And and will probably will continue to be until he breaks out probably next year. That's my guess. He's going to have a, a 30, 30, 35 goal year next year is my guess. And when he breaks out, everyone's going to be like, whoa, where'd this dude come from? And he had this potential the whole time. He was just buried in Washington behind Backstrom and Ovechkin and, and uh, TJ Oshie and all those guys. Like, and... I mean, you're absolutely right. When when Waz scored on that on that weird play and just they were jamming away at the puck and it finally goes in. I mean, you could tell the Avs were like, okay, now we have to respond again. But it can't be that way. It, you shouldn't be down one nothing even, down two one even, down three two even. Like it's like that cannot happen, especially when you're out shooting a team fifteen eight in the second period. That, that can't happen. And and that that initial that initial chance was because Reese was coming was coming out the box again. You know, Reese was the guy that initiated that whole thing. They they initially thought that Reeves got the goal on that play, if if I wasn't mistaken. Yes, but he was down there, you know, making a mess of things like he usually does, just getting in there in, in the creases, you know, between Grub and, and all those guys, and just making a, a general mess of things, being a pest and the abs were they just looked out of sorts on that defensive uh effort for him they looked they, they did not look like the abs you know i mean i mean i'm just going to put it out this way samuel gerard did not look like he was ready to play on that first and second line tonight i'm just going to be clear with with everyone here and neither did nice Graves. get in his into his into his pirouettes and his spin moves and stuff but coming down to it you know gerard he he didn't have a very great game in my opinion our defenseman Makar had the best game yeah and you can throw graves in that boat too i mean and, and graves too graves had a horrible I, night yeah it's you know it's unfortunate to see that unravel just the way that it did in that way you know especially you know what you're getting with ryan reeves it's going to be 110 percent effort once he gets out of that box he's going to be in your face screaming not caring you know who he hits and he's going to be he's going to be in there and the ass you know you got to match that energy you have to match that energy it's playoff hockey for christ's sakes yeah and i mean they they didn't they did not i'm just going to say that they did not match vegas's intensity for that entire sequence no and then in in that goal so and and going back to graves great first off in the third we're we're, i'm going to jump to the third period now because this i i I watched this right before we started recording and i wanted to pull my hair out watching this play (laughs) just watching this develop I think and, I know what you're talking about. I'm going to see here, though. And here's my big problem with this. Colorado has the puck in the zone. They turn over. That's fine. Whatever. You see Nate Schmidt go for a change. Why, as the strong, as the weak side defenseman on the, on the bench side, are you not watching that bench to see who's coming onto the ice and if they're behind you or not? That is the only reason Jonathan Marshall gets behind you, and then you trip him for no reason. Trust Grubauer. Grubauer one-on-one on breakaways has historically has been very good. Not penalty shots. I'm saying breakaways in live play where they know he got a guy behind him. He has been historically very good on this, and he proved that all last year. And it's a needless play by Graves. 
Yeah, yeah. Groob's typical style of play too, Jared. Like you said, he does come out. He does like defend that box a lot. And and with that, when you get those breakaways, that actually favors him because he cuts the shooter's angle off immediately. And he's so, so athletic. He gets, yeah, and he can move too. So as far as Graves taking that penalty, that's just a mental mistake on Graves. That's that, I mean, excuse my language too, that's that oh shit moment. He's one-on-one. I haven't been in this situation in a long time. You know, what am I going to do? I'm going to take the penalty. And, and I get what Graves is trying to do. He's, if he gets puck first, yes, it's not a penalty. But why even try that at that stage of the game? It's a 2-2 game early in the third. If he scores, okay, whatever. Two, honestly, two of these goals against Graves tonight are not his fault in any way, shape, or form. Oh, I agree. That, 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 uh... That penalty shot being one of them. I mean, Marsha saw he he he. Came, I mean, he came out and he he buried it. You know, he he telegraphed Groob in the exact way that you would expect him to because he knows that Groob likes the fan. He knows that, so I mean, he just he he just had a nice lifting shot basically to the corner, where it just went right up and over Groob's glove, and there was nothing that he could do about it. And now you are minutes into the third period down three to two again in a hole we are fortunate that the knights missed three out of their 11 shots the av shot eight of nine miko ended up hitting the post again i mean that comfort goal happened in, in the very dusk just twilight of this game 1858 in the third Finally, when the Avs had worked up some steam and, and had gotten some of those odd man rushes that we were talking about. But they had chances, man. I mean, Rantanen should have had two goals maybe tonight. One off the power play in the first and one in the third when he hit post. And that's just something that's going to come with, with I think, getting better, with getting just more acclimated to playing just this type of hockey night in, night out have a player that he will turn those into goals eventually it's just something we're gonna have to wait and see but tonight it just wasn't it for the abs and and like you said the game had a different feel to it 100 percent. there was a lull and then as soon as vegas pounced the abs were fighting and fight they did they fought right back into it and fought it fought all the way into overtime but you shouldn't have to fight like i said earlier you shouldn't have to fight yeah Exactly, exactly. And it's frustrating to see, especially with the high esteem that I hold this team to. Because I, I generally, I, I do think that they're the best team in the West. Still, regardless of what happened tonight, when the Avs are on and when they are playing their best hockey, there is not a team in the West that can beat them right now in a seven-game series if they are fully healthy. Bring it on, Coyotes. Like, let's go. But, I mean, this overtime period was where the Avs really – I lost confidence in them, man. They fell apart. Like, we played okay during the game we played okay you know we went punch for punch with them with vegas physical team great but overtime man i mean besides max shot oh man let me tell you actually i can't tell you i I, it's like you said earlier i was at a loss for words that overtime period because they looked sloppy i mean my dad texted me because he was getting off work he was like have the avs looked this bad all game yes because he had just turned it on and i was like Yes, but no, but yes. <laughs> it's just, 
And, and and really quick, going back to that, that tying goal by by Comfort, Miko's pass to Kadri in the low slot was a thing of beauty. That was an aerial pass to get over a stick. And, I mean, that should be Kadri's goal. I mean, he hits the crossbar and it drops straight down to Comfort. But, I, I mean, that was a a brilliant pass by by Rance on a backhand saucer pass. And, I mean, Kadri just gets unlucky. But you're right. I mean, outside of McKinnon's one chance, the Avs had – what was it? One shot in overtime. Let me let me just double check yep. this. Hold on. One yep. shot. One, one shot. The one I think. And, and they held they held puck possession for how long? Like a while. Like that it was is a good amount of time. That, I remember there was some that's play, unacceptable. It is. Right before Vegas scored their goal, Jared, there was a sequence where they had Kadri and maybe either Makar or Mac on on the ice right at that point in time. Rantanen was out there forever, man. Brandon was the guy that was holding the puck for us while we were getting in our changes. He was always the last one to leave during that overtime sequence. That's kind of what I saw. And right before, right before Vegas scores, the Avs had a shot where they had a 3v2, 3v1 type opportunity with guys circling, guys changing, coming on. And for some reason, there was just an errant pass, and, and all of a sudden, Vegas has an odd man rush, and boom, that's game. 444 in overtime, done. Avs lose 4-3 in overtime. And and quite frankly, the Avs could have lost 30 seconds into overtime, but Grubauer bails out a horrible play by McKinnon. You want to talk about another does. guy who didn't have a great night? Nathan McKinnon's that guy. He had a horrible to, night. To his standards. To yeah, standards, to, yes. to the standards that we all hold Nathan McKinnon, the superstar of the Colorado Avalanche, to, he had a horrible night. I don't care that he had, what was it? How many shots did he have? You told me earlier, and I already forgot. What do you have? Like four shots, five shots? Yeah, four shots. He didn't lead the team. I think I think Miko led the team with six. Yeah, and Kadri Kad- was six. Kadri had five, Miko had six. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean... I don't know. I, I look at this loss as a growing opportunity for the Avalanche. Just, just as far as uh, uh, probably our most negative cast on them yet to date. And by no means is that do I feel any remorse with this. I'm just uh, like, like Jared said. You know, we're just calling it how we see it here. You know, being those voices that that have worked in the industry for him too, and. I mean, by all means, you know, it, it was that that game to where you look at it and you're like, okay. You know the abs are not invincible. Let's let's take a look at what we need to fix here. You know we're we're just like every other team in that aspect where we're going to have those ups and downs, those bumps in the road. But that loss, if that stung as much as it did me, I mean the the Yotes better be ready, man. Like that's going to be a great series between us and them. I, I'm really excited to get into that. And uh, really for 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 me right now. I, I, I think the Avs are going to win, and it's not going to be remotely very close. I think they're going to take care of it in five or six easily. It, it's going to take six or seven, 100%, because they are going against a white, hot Darcy Kemper who has played extremely, extremely well against the Avalanche in his history, especially when he was with Minnesota. And I, I mean, that, yeah. that alone scares the absolute hell out of me because, I mean, Darcy Kemper is a top-class goalie. He's, he's a top-class goalie. Let that be known. He, he truly is. And, I mean, while, yes, the, the Avs took, what was it, two of three from Arizona this year? They 
they ended up winning one in overtime and then they lost one. Okay. So that was when Kemper had a really good night and the Avs might've had some guys hurt too, but that's besides the point. Um, Kemper had a really good night. I, I, I think when they, when they last played here, if I'm not mistaken, Oh, let's see. Yeah, Kemper had 33 saves, and, and Phil Kessel was the guy that uh, that, that scored. So, um, on the other side of that, the Avs did beat the Oats 3-2 uh, this year early, and Francois had 34 saves, and that was uh, to put the Avs to 4-1 to on the year. So, that's early, and then that was our, our third game with them. Or four and zero, my bad. Yeah, four and zero, and that was our, our third game with them got canceled because of COVID. So, but as far as 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 just why I'm excited to play Arizona too, Jared, and this is my my take that I was going to tell you about is is that the Avs are just far more battle tested right now than this Arizona team. I mean, this Arizona team is the same team basically minus Taylor Hall, mind you, which I I, I think it's going to be great to to have him match up against our guys. It's going to add an element of speed that we usually wouldn't have with this Arizona team because they do have some goal scorers. But mind you, the Avs beat these guys in a shootout 3-2 to clinch playoffs last year over them. The Avs then did extremely well in those playoffs. The Avs are a tested playoff team. This Arizona team hasn't sniffed the playoffs in a, quite a few years, Jared. So let's go. Bring it on. I'm excited to play these guys. Uh, I, again, my, my biggest concern is it's going to be Darcy Kemper and it's going to be Clay, Clayton Keller and Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall. I... Well, yes, I, I'm I'm gonna stick to this because while the while Arizona easily snuck by um, Nashville, I mean Nashville is not a good team. They're not. They're they not. Ha- they, you, they haven't you, been since sixteen. And you can't count that as a playoff series, man. You can't count a five game series against Nashville as a playoff series. You know, I'm looking at their Twitter. Series one in the books. Series two, Avalanche. This is a completely different beast, bro. Like, I'm just saying, these Arizona Coyotes have not been in a battle-proven, tested, seven-game playoff series. The Avalanche have, mind you. Handled it last year, and they've gotten better since then. I'm excited to see it happen. And and, and just, just for note, I mean... Kemper in the 13 playoffs when he came in and relieved Ilya Brzgalov against us, he finished that year in the playoffs with a 9.13 save percentage and a 203 goals against. Dude, that's scary. And it is. And 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 this year he's got a 9.33 and a 271 through four games. Uh, the you want to talk? I told I, like I said, the the guy is white, freaking hot right now, and that is a I, scary, scary thing to know that he's white hot for one, and. I mean, I mean, and just looking at his stats from this year, at, at even strength, he has a 919 save percentage. When they're shorthanded, he has a 923 save percentage. I, I, so he's better on the power play. Yeah, but, he's he's very very good on the power play, and I mean that so, just that scares the absolute hell out of me because the, I I when I was watching them play, I was like, oh my god, Kemper looks so dialed in right now. It's not even funny. Yeah, and it will be just a testament of if the Avs can get their 
their power play unit back to what we were seeing against the Blues. Because I'm going to say, you know, it wasn't there tonight, Jared. Uh, you know, even against Dallas, we had we had great power play opportunities. You know, even though we finished in the lower percentages for the Blues game, it's it'll truly be, you know, like you said, Kemper's one of the best on the power play. It'll be a battle of, uh, you know, unstoppable uh, force meets immovable object type deal with that. If the Avs can get it together and exercise some demons, mind you. Um. And that's just that, that for me. That's just the truth of it, folks. I mean, it'll be a good series, mind. Like, I'm, I'm not saying the Avs are walking away with this, but I'm just gonna say that the Yotes better be ready because it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and uh, just just kind of getting into that. We'll we'll unpack some more of that as we um, get closer to it. But Kemper staying hot, you know, that's that's a thing with time too. That that series isn't gonna start in a little bit for a little bit here. Um, it all depends on, like we were talking about even earlier, just which goalie has the hot hand in general, because people are bashing Groob for his play today. I mean, fair, he had, you know, a very Groob game. He he did that shuffle, like you were saying, but we have, we also have a guy in Frankie who, m- mind you, he's, he's faced these Arizona Coyotes this year, and he was the first star of that game. I mean, he went off, like I said, 30-plus saves just coming up from the AHL again. So that's great to see. And if Groob can find his groove too, that's even better because I do think offensively we're better. It's just if our defense can hold against Arizona's offense because they do have kind of that sleeper of an offense now. You know, they do have some guys that can get the puck in the net. Yeah, and I mean, for for what it's worth, for Kemper in in the one game he played against Colorado, because the other game was on Ronta, I believe is who it was. Um, it was. Kemper played the full game, no goals against. I mean, he's the guy who got the shutout. I I don't, I I don't read too much into if whether we had guys in or guys out. I mean, none of that crap matters to me, honestly, because it shouldn't matter to anybody. I don't care if I we have. That. I don't care if we have um, if if we have Grubauer, McKinnon, Ranton, Landeskog, McCarr, Johnson. Uh, the entire team can be out. It it shouldn't matter. And and I mean, just for even even uh, who for for Francois, he's one and one against Arizona with a two forty four with five goals against. So he's played both games against Arizona. I. I, I don't know if Frankie's the right move. I don't know if Grubauer's the right move. I don't think there's a controver- a goalie controversy. I think Grubauer remains your number one until something else happens. And that's just how it needs to be. But I, I agree with you there. You just have a great backup in Francois. I mean... Uh, the Avs just... The, like we've said this entire podcast, the Avs did not look good at all tonight. And that was top down. Nobody looked good. And I, I, I'm going to remain steadfast on this. Tyson Jost does not need to be in the lineup for the Az to be a very competitive team. They need Nieto, 100%. And e- even though Nieto's a minus one tonight, that's fine. He plays almost three minutes on the on the kill, along with Belmar, who plays three minutes, and Calvert, who almost plays three minutes. 
I get it. Those guys, I get it. Those guys are minus one tonight, but their goal was the one where Frankie decides, or Frankie Grubauer decides not to get back into the net. That's not on them. That is fully on Grubauer, and he owns that minus one for that line. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty solid take in my book as well. Just with Nieto too, with with, with Jose out there, it's it's. <laughs> You get almost this, and you guys are going to hate me for saying this, but you almost get this kind of complacency type feel. When when Nieto gets out there, it's like he's really putting in the skating, really getting in with the hustle, and you know he he is on that that kill, like you're saying, and he's putting in 100% effort with that night in, night out. I'm so glad that he's healthy because this is the guy that Bednar should go with, and this was a great night to evaluate us just as a team for Bednar because it finally allows him to to have something to work on in my opinion and again just you know as far as what you were getting at earlier that next man up mentality with the Avs it's been that way all season I'm basically saying that Arizona hasn't quite faced the adversity that we have had and that's going to give us the upper hand because Next couple weeks, it ratchets up to a whole other intensity. You guys thought this was intense? Just wait. And, and just really quickly before we get into our, our closing stuff with some of the other Colorado teams, I don't know what it is with Colorado and overtime games and it coming down to the freaking death of overtime games before they either win or lose because the same exact thing happened. And who was on the ice the last time when the Avs freaking lost in overtime late as can be against Anaheim? Who was the, the last defenseman back? And then it happened again tonight. It was Samuel Gerrard. And that is why... As far as if we're, if we're giving out grades, Gerard gets an, uh, gets a D, if not lower, for me tonight. It's the reason why I went off on him middle of the podcast here. You know, you know, he did not have a good game. The defense did not have a good game. That being said, they did push Vegas to overtime just because that is the Avs for you. And we're, uh, I'm quite blessed to be a fan of this team, but I will also, you know, I'll critique them heavily when when I do see a game like this. And, I, and I'm right there with you, Jared. Um, the Avs need to button it up. They, they really do. And yeah, Vegas, that, you know, they, they did finish with less points than the Avs for the season. They, they had 84, I believe. The Avs finished with 92 because they were just chasing the Blues in that madhouse that was the Central. But uh, just, yeah, very, very different feel as far as just the game went tonight. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm take that, I'm, take that how you were. Honestly, like right now, I'm trying to find on on DNVR because I just re up my subscription finally. Um, I I just I just re up my subscription with them, and I'm I'm trying to find their grade tonight because I really want to see what they gave, uh, Samuel Gerard and and what they gave Ryan Graves because in my opinion those two guys were quite possibly the worst guys on the ice tonight, and yeah, Sam Gerard got a D, Ryan Graves got a D, and Phil Grubauer got a D. I mean, just I'm not even through like half the team, and Kill McCarr even got a D from these guys. They want to talk about guys who are extremely critical of this team. Go read DNVR articles. I mean, Hayfley and Rudolph do a, a phenomenal job with this. And, and they're they honest. Love, they love this team, too. You know, it's nothing but love over there from those guys. 
you tell it how it is and i love their content because of it um this was just a frustrating frustrating game to watch and and i only got to watch the last five minutes and overtime because i was at work and i i snuck my phone around but when i came home and i sat down and started going through the clips i i was i was just extremely frustrated with this team tonight extremely it was a rough one and it was definitely definitely a rough one hopefully they can regroup like we're talking about they 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 you know they're they're regrouping now and they're on to arizona you know that should be the mentality they should be fully in preparation for uh for just this this dangerous coyotes team as jerry was saying uh but just on a little bit of a lighter note ladies and gentlemen we're going to get into uh just a little bit of clips from from colorado sports just in general over uh this pretty packed weekend for for sports because overall I mean, I got to say just Colorado sports in general. I mean, if you're not repping Denver in the 303 right now, there's something wrong. This is a wagon in Jared's words. It's an absolute wagon, bro. I mean, can we talk about the Rockies for just a sec? I would. Let's get on a happier note. Yes, please. Let's talk about the Rockies. God, I feel like I've just been like slumped in my chair for the last 45 <laughs> minutes. Just so just ticked. Oh. About but it was everything. needed. It was. It was because because we're honest about this. We are true hockey fans. We don't care if it's the Abs. We don't care if it's Chicago. Personally, I'm a little bit happy we're not playing Chicago because that means me and my fiance don't have relationship problems for the next two weeks. <laughs> that sounds phenomenal <laughs> to me. <laughs> like there, there's a silver lining in all this, and the, and it's that I don't want to play a very scary and sneaky, sneakily dangerous Chicago team right now. I don't screw that. But I mean, yeah, we'll, you're, we'll you're let Vegas right. deal with those guys. Exactly, and and you're right. I mean, the Rockies are popping off right now. That man, let me tell you, twelve and three, eleven and three, twelve and three. Probably twelve and three by tomorrow. Yeah, twelve and three by tomorrow. Yeah, let's call it. Just I mean, they have been on fire, and guess what? Let me tell you, the MLB just in general. I'm listening to all these broadcasts, man. They don't know. And again, I'm. Uh, excuse my my. Yeah, it's just. It, it's, it's one of those same. nights. Just no, let it go. No, no respect. No respect. I mean, <laughs> just they, they don't they don't know what the hell is going on with this man. They they really don't. And to have just just performances night in night out and not even get any you know any sort of respect from the league not met, not much less you know other other people's commentators you know taking three out of four from the giants and and every time you know the giants hit a home run it's the greatest feat of strength that you have and every time the rockets get a dinger it's course and guess what we took three of four first tonight like you, you want to get into with what I was telling you earlier before we started with this? Dude, so I think that's absolutely hilarious. And here's the even funnier part is that the Rockies have the highest winning percentage in the league right now at a at a seven eighty six winning percentage. You know who's second to them right now? And I'm not counting Miami because they've only played nine games. That's some BS right there. Rockies the, the Rockies have played four and played fourteen. I'm gonna extrapolate that so they get that one for me. Oakland has an 11-4 record, the next closest team, and we swept Oakland. How are we still getting Very no true. respect from ESPN power these so so those these Soviet power rankings because meh, Coors like get out of here, bro. No way. 
There, there's no way you're yeah. going to try and claim Coors on that crap, man. Oh, you can't, 100%. And mind you, you know, the Bay Area announcers, they're usually, they're, they're some of the guys that, that I would typically like to listen to. Because- Dude, they're so annoying with Coors, though. With, with Coors, yeah, but typically, you know, they're pretty, as far as bias goes, they're, they're not quite as bad as the East Coast. At times, yeah. At, at times. But, I mean, yeah, just no respect from the league, man. The Rockies starting pitching, let me tell you, the Rockies starting pitching through those games, as Jared was saying, they posted a 2.38 earned runs average. Guess what? They threw a one-hitter tonight with Ryan Castellani. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing come on, to say out, uh, outside. I mean, Castellani goes 60 pitches, 35 for strikes, and Hoffman comes in for three innings. He throws 31 pitches in three innings. You want to talk about a very economical and environmentally based green rotation, green, green energy producing three innings? J- Jeff Hoffman did that tonight. 31 pitches through three innings. That's 10 an inning. I mean, that, that's, yeah, a pheno- just- that's a phenomenal job by that guy. Just efficiency, man. Efficiency. And guess what? The bats are waking up too. It's not just Aaron Otto. You know, he, he did his Giants thing that he usually does. Great to see him do that. But I, I mean, tonight it was hilarious because it was like, even post game, man. Even post game. Seattle Mariners, I'm calling out the entire just Seattle Mariners um, broadcast crew at, at this point in time too. Um, they had they, they felt it was necessary to fade Charlie Blackman after he roasted them six for eight this series. And guess what? We're not even through it. So I hope he pops off and get and goes two for three with two home runs tomorrow, dude. Like I want to see it. Let the league know. Blackman hit two doubles tonight. Like get out of here with that crap, bro. Like it's it's not even uh, the fact they're even trying to stir that pot when you're a five and ten team. Yeah, get or, real. Or a five and eleven team. When, get real. When when, when like, Blackman hit two doubles tonight, had a home run last night. Like, I'm I'm not buying any of this. I mean, Arnado when when his bat wakes up, dude, this team's be more dangerous. His bat is so quiet. He's hitting two oh four right now. Actually, oh, yeah. I th- actually, I think it went down. Hold on, let me pull up tonight's tonight's box score. Yeah, Arnold is down to a 185. He's on the dollar menu right now. He was 0 for 5 tonight, I think. Yeah, he was. Um, But, yeah, and and that's just a a testament, too, to they're doing this without Arenado. And, mind you, Trevor Story's not fielding nearly as well as he was last year. You think that's got to get better. And 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 one of the unsung unsung heroes heroes is Daniel Murphy. Yeah, again, just coming in. For a guy who... Really hasn't played well since coming to Denver. He's hitting well now, and he's not even hitting well in Denver. I mean, his splits are favoring being on the road. I, I don't, yeah. I don't understand like, like, like what what the confusion is because right now as a team, the Rockies have a three ten ERA, and this is just not even including tonight's game. So that's gonna drop. Oh, it's gonna drop heavily, man. And Cal Freeland's got a two forty one. Herman Marquez, a 189. I mean, the only guy who has a bad ERA is Chichi Gonzalez, and he's tanking everybody right now. Well, okay, hold on. Him and James Pazos. (laughs) I mean, give me a starting rotation. Starting rotation, I mean, yo, just Freeland, Gray, Marquez, Sanzatella. 
Give me those four guys. They've been on fire, man. And guys like Hoffman coming in, guys like guys like Bard coming in, guys like Castiani coming in. Uh, it's it's great to see Rockies pitching have almost a resurgence, man. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm I'm trying to pull up these these batting splits right now because I I know they're just stupid right now and like it's just I I, I don't know. What it, I mean, Matt Kemp hits a home run in six percent of his at bats. Daniel Murphy hits it in seven. Trevor Story hits in eight percent of his his at bats. Still, like, I mean, yeah, they're gonna wake up, folks. And when they do, I mean, let's extrapolate this because we're through a quarter of the season, mind you. Right now, we are through a quarter of the MLB season. This torrid pace, the sixty game pace, we're through fifteen games basically at this point. And the Rockies are, you know, like you said, we're we're twelve and three. Probably going to be thirteen and three tomorrow. Like, I mean, let's go. You extrapolate you extrapolate that over over sixty games. That's first in the West, man. Like, that's going for the pennant. I I think I saw on Twitter, and I could be wrong. Their their prorated um, record right now is like. Like twenty four and eight or something like that. I, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll find it real quick on Twitter and then I'll I'll retweet it. Or I'll send it out or whatever. Um, but I saw that and I was like, this is just insane to me that they're that that they are where they're at right now because and I mean, Story's getting a ton of love. I mean, he got love from. Oh no, I'm sorry. Here it is. I found it. It's a prorated thirty and eight start right now. Thirty and eight, folks. I mean, and ESPN's got us ranked what twenty second? Uh, Get can, out of town, twenty first. I can find it. I can find it right now. Hold on, I'm, should I'm, be top five, bro. They had Miami top five this week. Yeah, for because one playing nine percentage. games. Get out of give here. Give me, give me a break, dude. Give me a break. It's time. It's time to. It's time to cut it. Cut it out, man. Like. Give us our pennant and give us the respect that we deserve. Like Rockies are playing in over their heads and it's time to everybody recognize. I mean, and, and they're even I mean, they're disrespecting quite a few teams, honestly. But none I more agree. so than like none more so than the Rockies. I mean, the Rockies are six like when they released these six days ago, they were six and two and they were twenty first. Yeah, give me a break. You had teams you had teams with, with a negative winning percentage ahead of the Rockies, folks. That's the type of disrespect that this club's dealing with right now. Because, I mean, rightfully so, we had an awful season last year, but this is a different squad. With Kemp, I mean, with these guys with a 60-game season, man, the Rockies usually get off to a fast start. They're usually a playoff team at 60 games. Hello? Like, let's go. Like, like how are the Astros ranked fourth with a 5-4 and four record and Jose Altuve hitting his worst since before they were cheating? Like, I think it's, I think it's just fourth and beamed balls. Probably, man. I mean, should be yeah, first, honestly. Joe Kelly's an absolute national treasure, but nevertheless, yeah. I mean, Altuve through thirteen games is hitting a one ninety. Yeah, tell me, yeah, they, tell me they don't need that crap. That's great, dude. Keep it up, like keep them up there. You know, let them get a big ego. Like, man, I just disrespect, disrespect for the from the league in that matter. And I, as far as the Houston stuff goes, I mean, I I hate that man. I hate what they did and. You know, I hope they're getting their due diligence. I hope teams are treating them the way that they deserve to be treated. And I can't wait to play them coming up here. 
I cannot wait to play them, Jared. We get a lot of games against these guys this year. Yeah. We, I, I want to see us crush them. I want to see us completely flip the MLB upside down with this type of stuff. And and here's probably the most telling stuff. We haven't lost this. a series. We haven't yeah. lost a series, bro. I can't remember the last time we went on a streak like this. I think it was probably 17, like that playoff run. When we no, 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 no. Best, best, no, no, no. Forget that. Best start in Rockies history, my dude. Fact. 100% fact. And and here's... Look it up. Here, here's, yeah, here's, the other, here's the other really interesting piece of this. The Rockies have played seven games at Coors and six on the road. They've won five games in both locations. Okay, so yeah. that's no one void. You can't say Coors effect or anything like that. And I'm looking at the pitching stats, by the way. I'm not looking at the hitting. On the pitching side, the Rockies have a four ERA at home, which is pretty good for, I mean, for Coors. Coors that's that's for, incredible for Coors, man. For, for Coors being a really tough place to pitch at. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great job. On the road, they have a 204 ERA. Yeah, so uh, opponents, are, opponents are, are hitting sub 200 against the Rockies. Or, no, is that? Yeah, no, that's a point of average. Yeah. So they're hitting sub 200 when they're playing at their home ballpark against the Rockies, and they're barely hitting 240 at Coors. That's not a that Coors will, effect. That is a good will, pitching effect. That, and that will drop again, like Jared was saying, because we absolutely toasted the Mariners. I feel sweet coming because we beat them. What was it? Five. We put five up on them first game. We beat them five zero this game and put eight. It was like eight to five or something oh, last game. Eight I, four. How, how much did we put up last night? Oh, I man. mean, we've knocked thirteen runs in against these guys, and these guys have the audacity to go after the dude that's gone six for eight. And you know the crazy part? Sensatella has three wins and three starts. Yeah, our fourth guy, three wins, three starts with with the, with the two sixty five ERA. I mean, Mar- Marquez, Marquez is two and one with a one eighty nine, and his one loss was a one run game on opening day against Texas. The Rocky, the entire Rockies team, the, the every single Rockies loss that they have had this year, Jared has been by one run. Yep. Get real, like let's, man. I'm so just. That's I mean that's got me even maybe even more jazzed up than than the Avs tonight, bro. I I mean just the general disrespect man and, and the only people giving up home runs really like out of out of a combined oh gosh what is it betting at 1 3 4 6 what is that now 10 11 out of the 11 home runs that have been given up by Rockies pitchers four of them are by Chichi Gonzalez and Wade Davis yeah Wade Davis so, guys the guy with a 16.88 ERA, uh, I think just just the one, I mean, it's a bad yeah, link. That's what it is. But, oh, man, it's, 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 it's a bad link in the chain, but you look at our other pitching, bro, and that's just a testament to our other pitching. Our other pitching combined, combined, especially with the weight that Davis had in the beginning of the season when we were trusting him as our closer, and we did lose a lot of those games, those three games, you know, those games because of him. Jared, dude has a 16.8 ER earned runs against. I mean, that's that's insane. That is not what you want in the closer at all. But the Rockies combined pitching drops that entire thing to 2.3. I mean, you have to talk about that too, right? I mean, these guys are just, they're, they're doing it together as a squad. Like you said, very efficient pitching. Their, their pitching staff has been... Uh, 
if I'm not mistaken, didn't didn't they have a pretty big overhaul? Yeah, they did. They did, they did a really decently sized overhaul. And I mean, like, like if we if we take out um, Wade Davis like out of the equation, right? Because I, I mean, Wade Davis was just he just hasn't been good, obviously. Um, That's an understatement, I think. I I I would fully agree with you on that. If if we take out his pitching and everything, I mean, they're still sitting like as a team around that 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 three one ERA that we spoke of already, and uh, and I just don't know. Like these, the the Rockies are just they they look good. They look like they're primed to go on a deep run, and I mean, the fact that Jeff Hoffman gets a win tonight um i because cassiani only goes four innings he's got to go five to at least get credit for a start for the win but i mean yeah today today was a bullpen day and the bullpen absolutely stepped up and they didn't have to use daniel pard they didn't have to use jairo diaz that is huge for the rest of the series yeah and the way this series is going jared especially with arenado going zero for five give him a break Give him some time off to recuperate from just the amazing performance that he had against the Giants. <laughs> Go on that team mentality of, of you know, let your bats do the talking against this sorry excuse of a Mariners team right now and get Arenado that good rest before he comes back fresh. Have him come back fresh against, you know, ready to rock and roll. Arenado, Tapia, Drew Butera, Drew Butera are your worst hitters on the Rockies right now. And that'll get better, folks. With Arenado especially. I mean, Gutierrez kind of just a utility guy anyway. We'll use him every now and then as a catcher. But Walters has been playing a lot better as far as hitting goes, just in general. But you, you save Daniel Bard, man, and you save those pitchers, and you save arms. And through a 60-game season, the Rocky, you know, besides Oberg, they're pretty healthy. And... I mean, Arnado in the series is, is a combined 0 for 9 with 10 guys yeah. left on base. So, so, so that's why I'm saying, yo, give him, give him a rest, man. Give him a night to give, give him a game just to kind of recuperate, get, get, get his stuff in the basket before, before they go back to Colorado. Yeah, I mean, they got one more against Seattle tomorrow, so, or I guess now it's today because it's now past midnight. But and it is um, late night Warriors. But yeah, and then they come back and they play Arizona for a three game set and. I mean, they'll be if they just keep cooking with with uh, with bacon grease like they have been. I mean, they're gonna be solid. So, I agree with you 100. percent And let's get into the Nuggets real quick here too. Um, they they had just a great performance in a double overtime win against Utah of all teams tonight. It, it was good to see Jamal Murray get back in. Um, it is I mean, because obviously he's a guy that you miss a lot when he's not out there. I mean, he only played he only played. Uh, 23 minutes or uh, 39 minutes today. So I mean, he played a good amount of the game, gets 23 points. But I, I mean, I mean, you you were talking about MPJ before we started recording. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm all uh, I'm all all about that. All about that. I mean, the guys the guys got the best plus minus rating in the bubble. As of right now, among every single player in the league, Jared, you want to guess who that number two spot is? LeBron, probably. We might guess. No. I'll give you a hint. It's another nugget. No way, it's Nicola, right? It is. It is Nicola 
Jokic. Wow. That is 100% true fact. You can look it up stat-wise. I don't care what you do. But Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic are leading the NBA bubble in plus-minus. And for a good reason. I mean, with the amount that that Malone's used Porter, he's popped off for 87 points and 47 boards through three games in limited minutes, mind you, in like a sixth man type role. So you're just seeing kind of the potential that you're getting with a fully healthy Michael Porter Jr. And now teams are really starting to realize, you know, this guy dropped to 14th. He had back injuries. This guy rehabbed very fully and took that recovery process extremely seriously. Now teams are realizing why this guy was touted as a number one overall pick, mind you. Completely forgotten you know, left out of attention by media and in favor in the likes of other flashy rookies like John Morant and Zion Williamson. Like, come on, give me Michael Porter Jr. nine times out of 10. If, and, 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 the only thing is, it's the only knock about his game right now is that he's not consistent on defense, which that'll come. He's a rookie. And, and I think another piece that nobody's talking about right now is that the Nuggets were, were 9 of 37 from behind the arc tonight. And... They were 23 of 30 from the stripe, from the charity stripe, and they scored 74 points in the paint. Yeah, I mean, they turned into a... They're, like, they're a like big said, team. Man, they're a big team. They're, they're a big team now. I mean, Murray's even a bigger guard if you look at him. Yeah, I mean, if, if Colorado... Or Colorado, good God. Can we just name all of our teams Colorado? That'd be so much easier. Um, <laughs> right. If if Denver can get their their three point situation figured out, because I mean they are, they aren't a bad three point team, but they're much better than this twenty four percent they threw out tonight, and that's where Utah killed them. I mean Utah was a was twenty two of fifty five from three. I mean they jacked up threes like they were going out of style. Like three pointers were now going to be like taken away by the government. And if we if they can get more three pointers from. Jamal Murray from Jeremy Grant from guys who are good from shooting from behind the arc. I, I mean, you won't see these double overtime games anymore. You'll see these blowouts by the Nuggets. Oh yeah, and and just look at you know, you're you're always looking for the guys that are going to step up for the Nuggets. You know who's who's it going to be basically? Who who's going to be that guy that that just takes that initial step in tonight? I mean, Jokic, classic, classic just Jokic stat line, 30 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 7 dimes. Um, Porter Jr. chipped in with, uh, with you know, 30 points, and I th- or 20, it was 20 to 30 points. Uh, he had a double-double as well, and then Jamal had that huge game as well, like you were saying. Tonight, that, that guy that also provided that spark was Jeremy Grant with 23. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, you got three, yeah, three guys with with double doubles. Nobody, I mean, Jamal was close to a triple double. I, I mean, this is what a healthy Nuggets team looks like, and it's it's scary because they are really, really good when when you have everybody back and healthy. I mean, Paul Millsap played twenty two minutes and had two points. Yeah, that that's why Jeremy Grant was in. That's the exact yeah, reason. You know, Grant had 21. You had Monte Morris with 15 off the bench. That's what you like to see. And they didn't even use Bull Bull tonight. They didn't even use Bull Bull tonight. You know, Craig came out and did his thing. He had 11.7 rebounds. I mean, they're, 
they're just a very very complete team yeah and and i know this is getting toward the back end of of their season now where i'm like they're they're gonna start really they're gonna have playoff seating what pretty soon here when when does that start i, I can't even remember anymore like it'll, it'll be pretty soon i i know that with that win tonight even though they did lose against portland a couple games ago uh, with the win tonight, Jared, the Nuggets, they've locked down uh, a no worse than fourth seed in the playoffs. So they essentially, if you want to look at it, they, they've essentially locked down home court at this point. Yeah. And and I, I was able to pull up, they got three games left. They got Lakers, Clippers, and Raptors. Um, that Lakers game tomorrow, right? It's uh, going to be good. The 10th, so Monday. Monday. Um, Monday. But you're right. That that's going to be probably one of the biggest games, and the Nuggets and the Clippers are both uh, three and two in their seeding games. The Lakers are two and four right now. Yeah. I, I I think you have a Lakers team that is either a still trying to work the kinks out, or b they are really really struggling to put things together. I think it might be a little bit of distractions, man. You got some big egos on that team with Davis and James. Yeah. I, I mean, the Nuggets are there to play basketball, man. They're there to win games. And, it's I, been... and I, I mean, the Lakers, the two teams they beat were the Clippers and the Jazz. So yeah. you can look at it that way, or you can look at it as, okay, who have they lost to? Because I think that might be the more telling piece of information. Where, like, because I mean, the Phoenix Suns are five and zero in their seeding games. Yeah, playing like, absolutely over their heads. Yeah, and you got the teams who are pretty much guaranteed. And I mean, the Lakers locked up the West with that win, anyways. So they don't. I, I think they're kind of just letting a bunch of their guys rest. So that could be part of the part of the key there. But yeah, man, I'm just I'm I'm really interested to see how this game goes against the Lakers on, on Monday because it, it's going to be one of those bigger telling ones and the NHL is going to release their schedule, I believe, either tomorrow or Monday for um, the official start of the seven-game series uh, yeah, along with yeah. they're doing the second part of the lottery pick on Monday for who gets the number one pick in this upcoming draft. So Awesome. That'll be something that, that we'll be looking forward to. And let me tell you, it, it was also great to see, just, just going back to the Nuggets real quick, Nikola Jokic worked the just the guy that, that many people regard as, as a, a defensive player of the year candidate night in and night out. And I am going to call out Rudy Gobert here because, uh, especially in overtime, I mean, there, there was even a sequence where you guys could probably look it up even. Jokic put like six, seven pivots on the dude. Drew the foul. I mean, there's night and day difference between the way that he moves and the way that he can hit those floaters now, those one-legged shots. I mean, there's something different about his game. He's there to play, and the Nuggets just have, you know, when they're on, they're on, um, like we were talking about, when they're on, they're on. But definitely, you know, definitely excited to get into that that draft too, see what that's all about. Uh, definitely curious to see, because there was a lot of very scary teams that could potentially land that number one overall pick. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Tomorrow I'm I'm watching that that Blue Jackets Maple Blues game five. It's the only game five that the only game five that we have tomorrow. Yeah, and we got, gotta watch the uh, Blues Dallas game too. Yep, that's on at one o'clock. And I mean, 
those are going to be, I mean, I mean, those two games, the the Blues and Stars and the Bruins Capitals, yes, those are going to be fun games to watch, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in watching this Blue Jackets Maple Leafs game because this is going to be the, the, the true, okay, what are we going to get out of these, out of these, this now being an elimination game? Exactly, exactly. Hopefully we see the best of both teams. Um, Hopefully it'll be it'll be good right to the end. Uh, Jared, any other uh, closing thoughts for you here before we cut her off? I, I I know for our listeners that the opening forty five stanza was very very critical of the Avs, but like we said at the at at the open, we're not going to hold anything back. We're we are going to be as brutally honest as we can be because we know that if we didn't do that we wouldn't be true for lack of better terms hockey analysts at this point i wouldn't feel right man no we'd be lying to ourselves and we'd be lying to our viewers you can't sugarcoat you cannot sugarcoat in in these types of situations i mean especially coming from from like you said just that experience with us working with these guys and there's always room for improvements. The greats don't stop being great. You know, they keep pushing. That's 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 what you got to think with the Avs. They they are a good team, mind you. They just had a bad game tonight. Yes. Although the the one the one bright side from this game, and I say this every time I see this, Jared Bednar's suit game looks so strong. It's not even funny. Oh, just on point. <laughs> no, God, dude, that burgundy jacket with the blue pants is just—it's prime. A one, just. But now, just don't wear it again because you've already lost in it. So there's your superstitious hockey side of me going. Nope, mm, can't do that anymore. Yeah, just over there, you know, Bednar yapping it up like he looked good tonight, man. Um, hopefully, the Avs look look that well that good against against Arizona here coming up. Uh, that's all. I, that's that. That's about you know what I've got to say about it. Definitely room for improvement. Um, that being said, the rest of Colorado sports in general is just an absolute wagon of a beast. And the Avs in general, too, are looking at a pretty great spot. You know, a lot of cap space. People are going to want to come play for them, um, regardless of what happens this year. And that's what we're also looking forward to. Uh, so thank you again to our listeners for listening. Uh, once again, my name is Joel. I'm Joel here. This is Jared. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Control, but I can't let it go cause I'm trying to get more and I've been in a moment I've been in a zone and I'm moving alone I don't pick up the phone when my family call I've been doing it wrong and I don't know what's happening Trying to get what I've just been imagining Getting close and I've just been examining All of the fake shit the game has been packaging I've been keeping real, I've been doing what I feel I've been out here trying to kill Most of the people are so close-minded. They go into school and they work in a job, but they don't even like it. I won't be put in a box. Nobody telling me what I should rock. Nobody telling me what I should drop. Cause I do what I want and just know I don't stop. Recording till four in the morning. They snoring. I'm pouring my soul into every story. I'm writing, producing. I mix it. I master. I'm building my craft and I'm not looking back. I've been going doing things I want to do when I want to. Everybody want to get away, but they not do. Everybody want to copy you, but they not do. Everybody want to copy you, but they not do. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. 
Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com.